Unite is the body. Fivefold. Be prepared. Part five, by Apostle Jacqueline Fedor. Over the years, there have been many dedicated servants of God, loyal to Him and His people, in leadership positions. They taught what they knew to teach and did what they knew to do to bring people to the Lord. The religion of the day is what was taught in seminary, so that is what they taught, and life experience in the world shaped and molded who they were. The Holy Spirit guided them through the seven days that have expired since creation. Remember, a thousand years is as a day to God. He gently led them towards a better day, a day when all would be jubilated, set free, re-established, and reinstated with God. They had this hope. We today are beginning to see the reality of God's promises. Restoration was necessary because of Adam and Eve relinquishing everything to Satan. His wisdom seemed far more intriguing than the Father's. They consumed his words, lawlessly partaking of the knowledge of the tree of good and evil from which they were forbidden. All was lost from humanity with that one wrong move, just as all was forever changed when Satan crossed mankind with angels. Man became a mixed species, as we see in Genesis 6, and no longer in God's image. In turn, man crossed the various species, altering most of creation, flowers, trees, animals, etc. There is little of creation left that is after their own kind, as in the beginning. This world we live in was built on the twisted knowledge man chose, so altered creation became the norm. Of course, the moral structure was not of God either, and all man's ideas on how to govern things was wrong. Sadly, the God that was teaching them was not the father of creation, but his arch-enemy. To keep man from being totally destroyed by Satan, his spirit would come on different ones over the ages to gently lead man into his plan for restoration. Time was allotted to Satan and his altered race to prove to them they cannot survive without the Almighty God. How long? How much time? Only the Father himself knows, but there will be a catastrophic end to all of this. Unfortunately, the altered race has fought his intervention all these years. They were given a set of laws depicting God's will and advice as to how to live successfully. Did they follow the law? No. They broke the majority of them in one generation. So he set a priesthood in place, priests that his spirit would govern through. But in 1 Samuel, we see the people were not satisfied with God. They wanted a king like the nations. 1 Samuel chapter 8 verses 4 through 7 Then all the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel at Ramah. Samuel was a prophet and priest of God that his spirit ruled the people through. And he said to him, Look, you are old, and your sons do not walk in your ways. Now make us a king to judge us like all the nations. 
But the thing displeased Samuel when they said, Give us a king to judge us. So Samuel prayed to the Lord. And the Lord said to Samuel, Heed the voice of the people in all that they say to you, for they have not rejected you, but they have rejected me, that I should not reign over them. So the Lord made a new covenant with his people. He wrote his law on their hearts and minds this time. Surely now they would follow him. But again, no. Things were more wicked than ever. Blatant disobedience was exhibited. Good was promoted as evil, and evil was dressed in a garment of righteousness in so many areas of life. All this leading to today. The facts are, society is more sordid than at any other time in the history of man. Yet God extends a hand to man still. He tried to intervene or reach out to his people through Christ, but few received him. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 19 That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now he is reaching out a second time through the entire body of Christ, and when united, even greater works will he do through them than the first time. The responsibility of gathering his body and uniting it has been delegated to those known as the fivefold ministers. We have briefly discussed the apostle, prophet, and evangelist and their part in God's plan in the previous blasts. So now we will look at the pastor and teacher. Let us discuss the pastor first. One in the office of pastor, you could say, is married to the church and is or should be accessible to God's people 24 hours a day. Their main function is to love and care for the sheep. They have the gifting to pull the wool apart and look for the spiritual scratches and cuts that may go unnoticed many times by the other offices. They display the unconditional love that God has for his people. In fact, it seems no matter how rotten the sheep are, Christ through the pastor will come to their defense. Pastors are that part of Jesus that knows every hair on their head. Matthew chapter 10 verse 30 But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Side note, when ministers are chosen by God, it is quite evident as you survey those he chose that he definitely not a respecter of persons. Nationality or gender does not matter to God when it comes to spiritual matters and the filling of the fivefold offices. Galatians chapter 3 verse 28 proves this statement. There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. So ladies, Take your place as God calls you. In the natural, in the beginning, woman was very instrumental in the fall of man and will therefore be used of God to reverse things in the end. You will see the direct counterfeit in the world as man's government places women in governmental offices also. And the final fight is on. 
Returning to our discussion, because of the close relationship pastors have with individual sheep, they are the best equipped to keep the umbrella covering over them on a one-on-one -on -one basis. This is a different umbrella than the apostolic and prophetic covering that is over the entire leadership as well as the flock. In fact, the offices of the apostle and the prophet unite to form an umbrella that extends over the entire universal church. The pastors also must make the flock see the consequences of not walking in God's will. If they fail to warn someone in error, they will stand before God with the responsibility of having lost one of his sheep. Ezekiel chapter 3 verses 18 through 21 tells us, When I say to the wicked, You shall surely die, and you give him no warning, nor speak to warn the wicked from his wicked way, to save his life, that same wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood I will require at your hand. Yet, if you warn the wicked, and he does not turn from his wickedness, nor from his wicked way, he shall die in his iniquity. But you have delivered your soul. Again, when a righteous man turns from his righteousness and commits iniquity, and I lay a stumbling block before him, to test his obedience, he shall die, because you did not give him warning. He shall die in his sin, and his righteousness, which he has done, shall not be remembered. But his blood I will require at your hand. Nevertheless, if you warn the righteous man that the righteous should not sin, and he does not sin, he shall surely live, because he took warning. Also you will have delivered your soul. As there has been a restoration of the apostolic and the prophetic for revelation knowledge to be gathered from the revealer and brought forth, so there must be in time new species pastors guarding the flock against the moldy bread of the old church. They must see that the flock is fed only fresh spiritual food or fresh manna. Pastors must at the same time adamantly guard and protect God's sheep from the Antichrist spirit that operates through those who teach false doctrines, that defend their religious theories and traditions, justifying their own unwillingness to change. There are many out there that drink, do drugs, get involved in wrong relationships, etc., behind closed doors, yet appear holy and clean in front of God's people. So rebellious sheep that refuse to listen, or a flock with tainted leadership, those without any church covering at all, may very well become a part of the tree of good and evil, and be filled with the spirit of Antichrist without even knowing it. Let us look at 1 John chapter 4, verses 1-3. through 3. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God, and every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of Antichrist, 
which you have heard was coming and now is already in the world. You see, many believe that there is one man that will be the Antichrist. But as we just read, the spirit of Antichrist was already in operation in Apostle John's day. It is the spirit of Satan functioning through those he has united as his body in effort to defeat Christ. So it is the body of Satan against the body of Christ. A battle between heaven and hell. However, the body of Christ will win. Colossians chapter 1 verse 27 To them God willed to make known what are the riches of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. 1 John chapter 4 verse 4 You are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. So if the leadership you are affiliated with does not teach the body of Christ will be attacked by the body of Satan, beware. If they have been exposed to truth, yet do not teach the church triumphant or God's plan for the regeneration of his people, then God's pastors are obligated to warn and guard against these ones. Why? Because they are not teaching the end time message. Today's truth that has been released to God's family for the end of this age. Anyone called to government may find themselves pastoring a congregation for one reason or another, but there is a very special anointing on those God calls to the office of pastor. They fiercely protect, wisely teach, guide, and extend the love of God as they shepherd the flock. Baby new creatures want this love. Old, tired, battle-scarred warriors need it. In fact, we all need love from people that truly care, if we will only admit it. Look to the Lord and all of the leadership to satisfy this need. But the greater shepherd will especially, unconditionally, love you through the office of pastor. As we examine the office of teacher, we find that they, along with the apostle and prophets, are to be the first brought in when the foundation of a new work is laid. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 28 And God has appointed these in the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, after that miracles, then gift of healings, helps, administrations, variety of tongues. In this end time, as God's plan unfolds, and truth is being released, there is an even greater need for uncompromising, bold teachers to bring the newly revealed message to the world to satisfy the hunger of the remnant. There are many teachers caught up in religious bondage, even false teachers in the world's churches, and we must be able to recognize their fruit. Believe me, there are many deceptive people, and unfortunately, Many of them are behind pulpits. They don't fool God, but they can fool the people they serve. Here is what God says about this deceiving leadership. Matthew chapter 18 verses 6 and 7 But whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, 
It would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were drowned in the depth of the sea. Woe to the world because of offenses. For offenses must come, but woe to that man by whom the offense comes. We must be very, very careful who we learn from. You see, people teach what they know, but reproduce what they are in others. We must therefore know our teacher's lifestyle well, or any leadership for that matter, because what they are will be reproduced in us. Much has been said in the past about the false prophet, but really there should be much more emphasis put on evaluating the false teacher. A teacher that will knowingly feed the flock moldy bread, not caring that revelation knowledge is non-existent, is not one chosen by the Lord. God constantly reveals truth, and He expects His people to be fed that truth, so they can mature, become that truth, and be eventually restored to His image. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 49 And as we have borne the image of the man of dust, Adam, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly man, new species. Altered man cannot become the image of God, so they are to be instructed on starting over, being born again, and matured through the word to a new species or kind. So there must be discerning teachers who are willing to be fed by the revealer, so that they can in turn feed the flock. This is not to say that there should not be foundational teachings for the new ones, but God's people simply cannot stop there. Unfortunately, the natural gifting that is on the teacher called to the office, whether true or false, will drive doctrine, good or bad, into the people's minds. And for this, they that teach man's theories rather than truth will one day stand before God for their tainted message. The fact is, there are many teachers that will compromise truth to tickle the ears of those that do not want to change. 2 Timothy chapter 4 verses 3 and 4 spoke of this. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, hire the type they want, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. Therefore, false teachers flourish while there are very few mature, bold ones called to office that have the courage to speak truth. Second Peter chapter 2 verse 1 tells us about the false teachers that will feed destructive information to God's people. Second Peter chapter 2 verse 1 But there were also false prophets among the people, even as there will be false teachers among you who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Lord who brought them, and bring on themselves swift judgment. Perverted leadership and their followers will many times attack those that are teaching truth. This becomes prevalent when a hard truth requiring big change is brought forth such as, we must walk holy and separate from the world. The false minister likes walking just the way they are 
and usually walks with one foot in the kingdom and one foot in the world. So they will encourage and allow the sheep to be compromising in their walk as well without warning them. Jesus, however, tells us, if our walk is too easy and no changes are required, we're probably on the wrong path. In fact, he, the teacher of righteousness, taught the correct path has a very narrow gate and there are but few that enter it. And that the leadership that set the bad example through their walk and did not seek truth to feed the sheep entrusted to them, God says, Jeremiah chapter 23 verse 1, Woe to the shepherds, God's fivefold ministers, who destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture, says the Lord. Not all non-productive teachers should be classified as false teachers, however, but simply labeled as the product of the lukewarm church. Many are not even spirit-filled, and so operate entirely out of a spirit of intellect and human reason. Without the infilling of the Holy Spirit, things of the Spirit seem foolish to them, and so the sheep are fed man's thinking instead. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 13 and 14, Paul backs the statement and sentiment. These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man, without the infilling of the Holy Spirit, does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. So a good teacher, especially one called to the office, is one who dies to their own human thinking and worldly intellect to let the Spirit of God teach through him or her. They will allow the gifting vested within them and the anointing of God that is on them to drive truth home in a way no other office can. They are ones the great teacher Rabboni walks through today. Through them, Christ will feed and re-educate the people with his wisdom and knowledge until they mature, become a brand new species, the full stature of his body. In closing, through the pastor and teacher, along with the rest of the offices he calls as his government, he will lead mankind victoriously from the age of Christianity to the church eternal. Jesus, through his body, will step out of time into eternity. That is when the fivefold is prepared and the body of Christ united.